This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council On Air comes to you 6pm Tuesdays here on OR 105.4 FM and 1575am. Join Lux, Valerie and their special guests to hear the latest from the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council and celebrate unity through diversity. DMEC On Air, 6pm Tuesdays with podcasts available anytime from oar.org.nz, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Good evening everyone and welcome to the DMEC Youth Radio Show. My name's Abby. And I'm Max. And we're back again with our youth podcast where we talk about health issues in New Zealand from a student's perspective. I'm a third year dentistry student. And I'm a third year medical student. And once a month we come on here and just talk about different health issues that's going on in Aotearoa from a student's perspective. And this week we're going to be talking about smoking. Yeah, so there's a lot to talk about. We're going to be starting with how is the landscape in New Zealand about smoking? You know, why is it uh, quite important to talk about it? And then we'll move on to, you know, some of the uh, some of the physical effects. Why is smoking addictive? And, and finally, we'll finish on how to quit, being able to give you some advice, either for yourself or people that you know who want to quit. Okay, so let's get right on into it. Why is it important to talk about smoking? I think a lot of people are probably familiar with smoking being a big killer in New Zealand and around the world. So it's responsible for a lot of deaths and illnesses associated with smoking. So it's thought that about 4,500 people die every year from smoking-related diseases in New Zealand. And 350 of those is just from secondhand smoke. So these aren't even people who smoke themselves. It's just from being around other smokers, which is quite a lot. Yeah, it, it's really unexpected. And one thing that doesn't really get talked about a lot is not, is, is not only does it kill a whole lot of people, it's also a significant cause of health inequity. And when we look at the stats, we can really see that. Because one reason why this has really been... Uh, shown quite prominently is that in 2011 the government has set the goal of reducing smoking to below 5% by 2025, so just three years away. But we're really not on track. Uh, And this is especially so for our Māori and Pacific groups. So when we look at the stats, uh, we've got 9.4% of all adults smoke. And this is reasonably good. But when, we, but when we look at Māori adults, that's 22.3%. And not only that, but, but, but they're also the youngest group to start smoking at around 14 years of age. So compare that with the 9.4% of the average, 22.3% is absolutely massive. And, and Pacific adults is not very far behind at 16.4% who also have the most rapid transition from experimental smoking to regular smoking of just 2.7 years. And then on to um, possibly quite a surprising figure. We have about 13% of all pregnant women smoking. So pregnant women under 20, there's 31% of those smoking. Māori pregnant women, 35% smoking. And pregnant women in the most deprived areas, there's 24% smoking compared to only 4% in affluent areas. So I think those statistics really just highlight 
the disparities between socioeconomic groups. Yeah, it's really important to keep those in mind as we're talking about the different health issues that come from smoking. Because when we say later on about how smoking causes cancers or causes other issues, this is going to be most seen in our Māori and Pacifica groups. And not only is this by ethnic groups, but also in other factors. So adults in more deprived areas are six to seven times more likely to be a smoker, even after adjusting for factors like age or or ethnicity. And it's not just um, factors like where you live or where you're from. Another important factor is mental health. Mental health disorders um, make you a lot more likely to smoke. And one really important group to think about with regards to smoking is the youth. It's really important to target youth smoking and to educate young people because it's been found that if you make it to 25 years old without smoking, you will likely never smoke in your lifetime. So when we look at the stats, there's nearly 12% of youth between 18 and 24 who are current smokers. And there's a range of risk factors for that. So in, so in media, we can see smoking as depicted to be normal. Uh, if, we, if we have friends who smoke, that can increase access and reinforce the image of smoking as being cool or, or quite acceptable. Having parents who smoke or having people who smoke in the house, uh, having a school environment who isn't anti-smoking or have or has smoke-free environments, and, and other things like just having access to cigarettes or being able to afford it. And, and finally, having low self-esteem or taking part in risk-taking behaviours are also big risk factors for starting to smoke while, while young. And on the flip side of that, there's also some protective factors which we can encourage, which will discourage people from smoking. And some of those are doing well in school, having future aspirations and goals, um, taking part in community activities and clubs, religion and important whānau connections. So just really being engaged in life. Yeah, so that's all a bit doom and gloom, but it is important to know that smoking rates are falling at quite a rapid and consistent pace year after year as well as the amount of tobacco being smoked per year by current smokers. So we've got some pretty, you know, disparaging stats about the amount of people who smoke, but it's not all doom and gloom. There are some good things and some really good efforts being put in place to reduce smoking around the country. Yeah, so after all of that, now you know why it's important to talk about smoking. We thought we'd just run through some of the physical effects of smoking because I think a lot of people know it's not good for you, but probably don't know exactly in what ways it's not good for you. It's more than just causing cancer. Obviously, that is a decent part of it. But we'll just start off with, I've written down some oral effects of smoking. So what goes on in your mouth as a dentistry student, this is very near and dear to my heart. So smoking actually causes you to produce less saliva in your mouth. And we've done a previous podcast on um, kind of the teeth and how important saliva is. So if you've heard that, you'll know why this is important. But saliva does a lot to protect your teeth from decay. So smoking reduces that. So you're going to be more likely to have tooth decay. And it can also make it difficult for you to swallow. So... 
to kind of counteract this, you need to hydrate as much as possible. Um, chewing gum can help re-stimulate saliva flow. And of course, cutting down on tobacco where possible and also caffeine because that has a similar effect. And smoking also stains your teeth, which is something you can't really get rid of at home. Um, it's also something that can't always be professionally treated, but it is something to discuss with your dentist if it's something you're worried about. And then smoking also increases your risk of gum disease and oral cancer. So what, what nicotine does basically is reduces the blood flow in your mouth. And that means that if your gums get infected or damaged, it's a lot harder for them to heal because they need the nutrients from blood to heal up. So that's really promoted by smoking. And this can lead to the tooth decay, your teeth falling out, and of course, um, cancer in your mouth is never good and that can spread to other parts of the body. So to try and avoid this, you just need to maintain as good oral hygiene as you can. So brushing your teeth and flossing and using mouthwash and all that stuff dentists go on about. And if you can, switch to patches or some alternative option for nicotine when possible, just to try and reduce the effects in your mouth. And then the final thing I wanted to talk about is smoking actually has a really big impact on what bacteria are in your mouth. Your mouth is constantly full of lots of different types of bacteria, and this is completely normal. But when you're smoking, that's a really tough environment for bacteria to survive in, and only certain species are able to live there. So it throws off the balance in your mouth, and this can make for a lot of tooth decay when you get the bad bacteria in there it can promote infections as well um, and yeah to get around this really just try and maintain as good oral hygiene as possible and cut down on cigarette usage <laughs> yeah so that was a whole lot of stuff so it seems like yeah it's, it's really serious stuff for, for your mouth but also the big um, thing that we think about with smoking is cancers and we found that in the U.S., uh, smoking causes 20% of all cancers and 30% of all cancer deaths, which is probably quite similar here in New Zealand. And one of the reasons why this is the case is that smoking causes uh, uh, carcinogens to be released from tobacco, which can then cause mutations or changes in the DNA sequence in your cells. And if these mutations occur... In, in specific genes that protect your DNA from becoming cancerous, then you can quickly get a cancer spreading, a, a spreading across your body. Yeah, and it's not just areas of the body at risk that smoke touches. So it's not just your mouth and your lungs. Obviously, these areas are going to be getting the brunt of it, but cancer can happen from smoking anywhere in your body. So it could happen in your gut, it could happen in your pancreas, it could happen in your bladder really no part of the body is safe from these mutations and probably the worst part is any cancer you do have it can spread quite easily through the blood or through lymphatics so it's really serious stuff and there's a lot of different symptoms as well depending on which type of cancer you have but the most important things to look out for are any lumps and bumps any unexplained weight loss and fatigue and just if you notice anything off head to the doctor yeah that's some great advice and one thing that is quite concerning about tobacco smoke is that it has some 
pretty uh, scary chemicals inside, like formaldehyde, lead, arsenic, ammonia, uh, some carbon monoxide, and even some red, uh, and even some radioactive elements. So really, it, it's all around not wonderful if you want to protect yourself from cancers. And now we'll just pop on to some effects on the respiratory system, which is what people are probably most familiar with when we talk about the effects of smoking. It's usually cancer and the effects on your lungs. So a common thing people talk about with smoking is smoker's cough. And we just thought we'd explain how that comes about and why most smokers have this. Yeah, so the reason why you get smoker's cough is because the smoke actually causes changes in your epithelium, which is the lining of your airways. So the smoke causes constant damage over a long period of time, and this causes you to make lots of thick mucus uh, to try and protect your airways. But you actually can't clear this mucus, so, so it ends up clogging up your pipes. And this is pretty bad for you because, because it promotes infection as bacteria can get into your lungs and can't actually be cleared out. And, what, and one thing that I just wanted to say here is that a lot of people uh, start coughing and are feeling quite ill and they just say, oh, it's just my, uh, uh, it's just my smoker's lung. And this actually could be a misnomer and could mask some underlying lung cancer because lung cancer can present quite similarly to smoker's lung. So I'm not saying that all smoker's lung is cancer, but definitely don't count it out and always uh, see your GP if you're worried about it. Yeah, and also smoking, um, it doesn't just damage your airways, it actually damages your lungs themselves as well. So you can get breathlessness and reduced lung function and also chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder from smoking. So a smoker's cough can also be an early sign of that. So as your lungs get irritated over and over again by smoke and those changes occur in the lining that Max just talked about, um, your lung tissue can actually become destroyed over time because of the constant inflammation. And this leads to chronic bronchitis and emphysema, which you've probably heard of, which is where little air pockets in your lungs get destroyed and then your lungs stop inflating as well as they used to and it just becomes a lot harder to breathe and yeah this is some pretty nasty stuff yeah and because you can't breathe as well and um and your blood of course travels through your lungs to get oxygen so if your lungs aren't working as well then did your heart probably be working as well either and this is the case regardless of if you smoke yourself or if you're inhaling secondhand smoke. And one thing to also keep in mind is that this can also exacerbate uh, other, um, uh, other breathing conditions like asthma. If you do have asthma, then, then smoking yourself or inhaling secondhand smoke can be really dangerous and make it much worse for you. You're also more likely to get respiratory infections like pneumonia and other things so yeah not wonderful it's not great <laughs> and now we've covered the breathing thing so we thought we'd move on to some cardiovascular effects which is your heart and the blood moving around your body yeah so these are just the things that are in general really bad for you for a whole variety of different diseases so increased blood pressure and increased heart rate is quite common with smoking and this leads to a, to a whole host of problems like an increased risk of heart attacks, 
strokes, uh, type 2 diabetes, uh, you get more vasoconstriction, which, which means you have less blood flow to your extremities, like your fingers or legs. You have lower blood oxygen, and you have an increased risk of clotting, which can, you know, make you at, at risk of strokes or heart attacks. So smoking is quite bad for you in all areas of your cardiovascular health. Mm, and we thought we'd just wrap up with some other little-known effects, or they were little-known to me anyway when I was doing this research. I was quite surprised. So smoking actually has an effect on your immune system, um, which I didn't know. It makes you more susceptible to infections, and it actually lowers the level of antioxidants in the blood, like vitamin C and other things like that, which are protective factors. Yeah, and also quite a bad one is the sexual effects. So if you smoke a lot, then you may have a lower sperm count and a higher risk of erectile dysfunction. And also it will reduce fertility and, and perhaps um, make early menopause or an increased risk of cervical cancer in women. Yeah, so none of those are fun, um, but it also has effects on your gut. We're not done yet. So it can actually irritate your stomach and bowels. Um, and it gives you an increased risk of stomach ulcers. Mm. Um, and that's quite interesting because, I, because that's actually um, where your increased risk of stomach and bowel cancer comes from. Because all of this chronic inflammation and irritation of those linings uh, actually encourages mutations to be made there. Mm. So just a pretty cool uh, fact about, about how some cancers might arise. Yeah. And then your skin also is affected as well. You might have seen this um, in people you know who smoke. They look sometimes a lot older than they are or look like they've aged a lot since they started smoking. And that's because smoking can cause premature wrinkling in the skin, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, so I think all this really goes to show that while we might commonly think of smoking as, you know, all about lung cancers or about having... A smoker's cough. It's really about the entire body. Smoking is a big risk factor for pretty much every disease, and it would be easier to say what it's not a risk factor for than to list all of the diseases that it may cause. Yeah, exactly. But the really big thing we wanted to talk about today, obviously a lot of people know that smoking is bad for you, but they still do it, um, and that's because of it being extremely addictive. So we wanted to talk about why smoking is so addictive. Um, yeah. Yeah, and one of the big things that I found out that quite surprised me is that almost half the people that experiment with cigarettes get addicted. So even just trying one or two at parties or saying that you only smoke with friends, that can easily lead to regular smoking. So it's not something to just... Uh, just play around with. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, so why is this? Well, the big thing that most people have heard of is nicotine. So nicotine is actually a normal chemical found in your body, and it stimulates, uh, it stimulates some nicotine receptors in your brain to release dopamine. And this is normal. But when you, uh, but, but when you smoke, it, it inserts additional nicotine into your system really quickly through your mouth. 
This causes an explosion of dopamine in areas of the brain involved in pleasure, reward, and decision-making. So what this effectively means is that when you smoke, you feel really good and you want to smoke more. Yeah, I think most people have heard of dopamine. It's pretty much the, the pleasure neurotransmitter. So anything that releases dopamine in your brain, your brain wants you to do that again and again and again. That's why nicotine is so addictive. It sends your brain into overdrive trying to get that same feeling back again. And so what happens over time is the brain adapts to the new levels of dopamine. So you kind of become a bit desensitized and you need to smoke more to feel good. And this is what we see with most addictive drugs. This is the pattern and you end up doing more and more over time. And the the bad thing is also not that you need more, but other things that once, you know, release lots of dopamine, they become less pleasurable for you. Um, so you pretty much just need to smoke a lot to feel as good as you would have, I don't know, maybe just taking a stroll or something that once made you feel good. Yeah, and one of the really troubling things with smoking is that the the whole thing with addiction is that the faster you, you can get the nicotine into your brain, the bigger the pleasure that you're going to experience. So, So the reason why people who try to get over smoking using patches or gums, why it doesn't really work for them, is that when you use a cigarette, the denicotine uh, goes straight from your mouth straight to your brain in like six to 10 seconds, really quickly. But patches or gum take a decently long while, so it's not quite as rewarding to experience. And this is just quite a surprising statistic I found, but nicotine is actually thought to be as addictive as heroin and cocaine. So I think everyone knows heroin and cocaine are extremely addictive, but we kind of put smoking a few rungs down from that. But it's actually, it's right up there. It's a very, very scarily addicted drug. And it's not actually just the drug itself that um, is addictive. For a lot of people, there's a social aspect to smoking as well, which also causes some dopamine release. So you keep looking for those situations to smoke in. And finally, there's a lot of other additives in tobacco smoke, as we talked about earlier. And some new research has suggested that it's actually not only nicotine, which is responsible for the addictiveness of smoking, there's a lot of other chemicals which may also play a role by preventing the breakdown of dopamine, which increases the pleasure received from smoking. So that was something cool that I learned today. Yeah, so pretty much what we've said here is that there's a lot of really uh, fundamental reasons why it's really hard to stop smoking. It really taps into the really fundamental and basic parts of your brain into making you want to do it more because it feels so good. And so when you try to quit smoking, your brain just doesn't want to do it and you get some really bad withdrawal symptoms. And many smokers say that they feel anxious, they feel irritable and restless. And this is because the brain feels like it needs the extra dopamine just to function. So when you stop smoking, the brain just throws a fit. Yeah, and you can get a lot of really horrible, like tough to get through symptoms like mood changes, 
appetite changes, tremors, depression, insomnia, anxiety, difficulty concentration, and difficulty with arousal. But it is important to note that the first week especially days three to five will be the worst when you are quitting smoking and after that things will get easier so if you can make it through that first week you can make it through anything okay so now comes probably the most important part of what we're going to be talking about today and that's going to be quitting smoking so it's important to say at the onset here that it's really hard to quit. A lot of people who do try don't succeed on the first or even second try. And it's important that you don't think you have to do it on your own. There's there's lots of support. You can go to your GP or other services like Quitline, and there's plenty of medications to help yourself get the best chance of quitting successfully. Yeah, and don't feel disheartened if you can't quit cold turkey like a lot of people do it will be really beneficial for your health to even just cut down on smoking so anything you can do is a great improvement so if you feel like you want to quit or if you want to give advice to someone who should quit uh, please go talk to your gp or call quitline so quitline provides uh, some telephone text and online support and you can find out their details at www.quit.org.nz. And they provide some really good services. Yeah, and they provide some subsidized nicotine replacement therapy, which is an option um, for people struggling with nicotine addiction. So that could be patches, gum, lozenges, inhalers, mouth sprays. Um, it just depends on what is right for you. So that's a great option to look into. Um, and there's also some medications available which decrease the urge and reward from smoking um, and some antidepressants which can help. So that's something to talk to your GP about if you're considering that. And then finally, we just wanted to make a note on vaping, which can be a good alternative for current smokers, but is definitely not recommended for non-smokers because it is also extremely addictive. Yeah, so thanks very much for listening today. We've covered lots and there's plenty more to talk about, but that's all that we've got time for. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next month. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.